Hello and welcome back to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast for our recap, results, review, ratings of WWE Hell in a Cell 2022. I am your former 12-time champion of the RWP, Tony fucking G. Like, share, subscribe, folks. And I am joined here tonight by the former Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast champion himself, the one... The only. Your big bucking emperor. Uh, congratulations to Mr. Uh, King of Extreme himself. Uh, he pulled a, he pulled a fast one on us. So uh, that's coming to Phil's way, and uh, I'll hang mine back up. Congratulations, Phil. You bested me right at the end. And this one. Tiebreaker this one, wins it. I can't fucking believe this came down to the tiebreaker uh look so we do this on a very simple one point pick system folks and early on i got a really good lead really good lead mm -hmm. the the rollins pick i could have sandbagged but you know i'm a i'm a dashing young man and i went with the i went with the <laughs> unlikely scenario and i picked rollins i could have sandbagged and taken the belt but no i gave everybody in this thing a fair chance because that's what i do and it came down to a tie between myself and Phil. Had yep. to be a new champ. The tiebreaker was the Fiend showing up. Phil picked first. He said, no Fiend. I had no choice but to pick a Fiend appearance. And no, no Fiend. No Fiend. It did not happen. So Phil is your reigning undisputed defending champion at the next event. So congratulations, Phil KOE. You did, you did wonderful. Bravo, sir. Bravo. So that leaves us championless for this recap and review. But fear not, we've got all the hard hitting. I'm gonna give you. We got some good recaps. stuff here. Yeah, there is some good stuff here. You know what? Uh, again, said it on the pre-show. The build might suck, but WWE is gonna give you a pretty solid fucking show. They have been doing that time they, every every event this year, every premium live event this year, even though the build sucks. It's like the yep. the batches on the pay per views, the premium live events, really good. And again, they did that here again. Even the matches I didn't really care about; they were all solid. So let's start off. This gave me a point early. Uh, the opening match was, in fact, the women's championship. Uh, Bianca defended against Becky and Asuka. Uh, Belair constantly in danger, losing the title. She was the she was the match's imposing presence, the powerhouse, you know, she, but she was being stacked up on against her opponents. Uh, Oscar Lynch, they both quick exchanges, trying to get the pinfall quick, stealing the win early on. Uh, could not really wiggle away a strong position here. Like it, it was back and forth between all three women the entire time. Uh, there was a beautiful uh, guillotine leg drop. I loved this spot. Lynch hitting it off the second mm -hmm. rope onto, onto Bianca. Uh, she did a, oh God, it was the, she had her in the, in the corner, set up on the corner. She had her arms crossed and she flipped her over onto uh, Asuka, I believe. And that was just a beautiful spot. Yep. Loved that. Uh, big standing moonsault from Bel Air. She's really solid at that. She pinned both of them. So you knew it was going to be a kick out. Uh, had another really good spot. Asuka hits both of them with a shining wizard uh, double ankle lock that was seamless she rolled into that ankle lock and then she got both of them in the ankle lock i thought that was gonna be a fuck up but it was really nice uh becky 
looked like she was going to win, put Belair away with the manhandle, but Asuka saved it barely. She was, you know, didn't actually. That was kind of the story of the match was Asuka saving pinfalls, except yeah. for one. She almost, <laughs> the ref yeah, saved it. Yeah, she did miss it. <laughs> she did fucking miss it. And up until that point, like we were saying, like Belair and Be- Becky have been, they don't have the best chemistry. They're both kind of a no. step off with each other. Asuka, Asuka was, was on fire. Yeah, she looked great in this match. I just, yeah, Oscar's. So I'm not good. an Oscar fan, but tonight I was like, damn, she's making this a good match. Yeah, exactly. And if, if she would go back to that killer instinct, uh, just badass Oscar that was in NXT, like keep the same in ring style that she has. It's just get rid of the goofiness and go back to that killer yeah. instinct, and she'd be so much fucking better. Uh, Lynch plants Oscar with a manhandle, forced Belair to toss her from the ring, and the champion pinned defenseless Oscar to retain the title. So this was actually really, really, really good. I I was shocked at how much I enjoyed this, even though they were a bit off in parts, like in between big spots, it was a little clunky. But all the big spots seemed to work as they were meant to work, and I really, really liked it. I gave it three and a half. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree. I, I not quite three and a half because I thought Becky actually looked really good in this. Uh, Bianca really got through, you know, the strength and power things you expect to see from her. Um, but those two, their timing was still off on a, on a few yeah. things. It seemed kind of clunky. Becky seemed clunky. She wasn't execute like not executing badly it's just it just didn't match up right and then oscar was like i said she was on fire through the whole thing Uh, but a majority of the match was becky bianca like they really focused on them too through most of this match um too bad they didn't have more oscar in there because then i would have done three and a half three seven five maybe um but i give it a three two five it it was very it was it was good it was really good yeah, I, I was shocked. I really I thought at one point this could really tailspin, but no, I I really enjoyed this a lot more than I expected to. So, yep, very good match uh, as we expected. Uh, Bianca won. Uh, Phil Phil was under right out of the gate. Uh, he had Becky to win, so I wasn't. He, he stormed back at the end. Uh, yep. Next up was the handicap match. Uh, Bobby Lashley going against Almost and MVP. Uh, almost tried to do the test of strength with Bobby Lashley, which was kind of funny. Uh, Lashley went kind of heavy on the MMA, trying to take down the bigger guy, which makes a lot of sense. I kind of like that uh, with his actual real MMA background. Uh, MVP would only tag in when Lashley was getting his ass kicked, which I liked that. And then as soon as he'd come back, he'd get the fuck out of the way. This was this was ideal in terms of big guy with the an MVP is not a little guy, but the manager role handicap uh, scenario. So this, this worked. It's just MVP is a legitimate wrestler. So it felt a little out of place, but I kind of liked it at the same time. So uh, outside of the yeah, ring, um, what was it? Cedric uh, did, did get involved. You, yep. You kind of called that shit. Yeah. You kind of called that. Yes. Um, he did. He did show up. They talked some shit in the back beforehand, so he did end up showing up, distracted. What almost? What? <laughs> yeah, I was so, also correct, and uh, with Lashley winning, you seen him signal for the belt, and then went you and did. posed. You did all that. 
with the belt. I think uh, the trajectory is set. That's the that's the mission. Uh, they're going to build Lashley to go against Reigns. I think yeah, at this point they've got to build up some strong contenders because they don't have any. Like Reigns yep. has looked so dominating against everybody he's gone in the ring with. That includes Lashley. That they're just kind of circling back now through them, but none of them look strong enough because they didn't know what to do with them after they lost to Reigns. They buried this them all. Was, yeah, and this was this was kind of Lashley's coming back out moment. So, yeah, Alexander got in, uh, distracts almost long enough. Uh, Bobby Lashley topples him, uh, gets the hurt lock on MVP, gets the tap out, gets the win, and you're right. Yeah, he goes to the outside, finds a, a replica WWE belt, and just goes around like, yep, fuck it, I'm going for the belt again. So I, I like this. This was way yeah. better, way better than it deserved to be because I'm not a huge fan of handicap matches. Uh almost i'm not a fan of really at all so this surprised me i'll I'll give it two and a half uh okay okay i'll meet you there two and a half uh i don't i don't know i hated the ending i really hated the ending well yeah because you you made the mistake of picking mvp and almost oh i just hate the hurt (laughs) pocker fucking god yeah i get it it's not it's, it's not like what the, you want to see and a and a match. No, I agree. There's no umph to it. It's the worst finishing move in all of sports entertainment. You've got a guy that looks like Lashley, who looks the same as he did 20 years ago. The, the most one of the most incredible physiques that you can you imagine. make him put him in like a fucking full Nelson chicken wing fucking yeah. modified modified fucking move and but this is and squeeze. <laughs> but this is how this is how God it's always it. been. Like Vince McMahon sees a guy with the physique of Bobby Lashley, the same with Chris Masters or a Lex Luger or a, a Rick Rude, and he's gonna put him into a scenario where they have to use a very boring submission hold because it gives them the chance to flex their muscles and nobody can nobody can break out of something when they've got all those muscles did you see those muscles Powell? this is good shit meanwhile he's got a spear that's pretty fucking impressive but that can't be the goddamn match ender give me a break i i don't understand it uh lost chicken for a moment there but yeah uh i don't understand it either it it should be the spear the the hurt lock the full Nelson should be kind of a trademark but not a finisher. I agree tenfold. I I agree tenfold. But if, if you're going to see Bobby Lashley getting back into the main event, uh, but as a baby face, I don't know that I love his chances to reclaim the world championship. So I, I think he's going to be a strong contender. But I think this is all geared towards Cody. You get Lashley back in there. You got McIntyre. At this point, Rollins is just completely fucking buried. So who knows what they're going to do with him. Uh, If Bray Wyatt does eventually show up, you got to figure he's back in the mix. Because why come back if you're going to be a mid-card player? So yeah, uh, Lashley's probably going to be... I would say he's probably going to be in like the Money in the Bank match moving forward. I could see that. Uh, If Cody's up to it, I would assume he'll be in that match. We'll see. We'll we'll get there. I'll uh we'll get we'll, more on that here in a minute. Uh, next up, you had Ezekiel versus Kevin Owens. Uh, go figure. Another really solid match. Two guys who know each other really well. Uh, oh, sorry. The first meeting between Ezekiel and Owens. Wink, wink. Uh, Ezekiel almost shocks the world. Florin Owens with a, a big flying knee. It looked really good. 
hits the fucking beautiful macho man elbow drop and he's wearing gear that looks like fucking randy savage with the long black flowing hair hitting that big elbow drop but they made him shave the beard my god if he had the beard with those tights and the tassels and that elbow drop like i just i would have been so much nostalgia pouring all over me because it was like watching randy savage elias ezekiel sorry keep confusing the two it's so strange ezekiel has one of the best elbow drops on the roster he's so good at it and that's why with macho man he was such a bulky big guy but to see him fly like that and drive that elbow the way he did that's really impressive to see somebody able to do that and have it look that close to as good as randy savage i love that elbow drop never stop doing that that should be his finisher uh owens has amazing athleticism for his stature too which is pretty damn impressive hit it a he had an amazing springboard moonsault. Uh, he did get that big cannonball after freaking out about his, you're not really Ezekiel, you're Elias, admit it, admit it, admit it. Uh, Ezekiel lands another flying knee, folds Owens up for another near fall, big super kick, then that cannonball in the corner, hits a stunner that was so fucking stiff, looked gorgeous. Kevin Owens does get the win. This was stupid good compared to the build. I absolutely loved it. I absolutely loved this match, and I shouldn't have, because I hated the build. I kind of hate the whole concept of this this storyline, but once you get into the match, it's two guys I really enjoy watching wrestle, so I can't I can't get mad about it when the match was actually this good. Uh, Baljeezy, TF, TF to you too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but Kevin Owens does get the win, and I enjoyed this much more than I thought I would. I gave it 3.25. Really good. Yeah, Kevin Owens is just good at whatever he does, and Ezekiel slash Elias, great fucking worker. Love the Randy Savage vibes, so I'm not going to complain at all. This uh, if, if this continues, you know what? I'll probably pay a little bit more attention than I, I've given it before, just because maybe I was being a little bit too harsh with it, but... Weird storyline. We'll see where it goes. You know, they could drop the comedy at this point because these guys can fucking go in the ring. They know each other well. I really dig it. Next up, we did have the big three-on-three match. Styles, Balor, Morgan versus Judgment Day, Edge, Priest, and Ripley. Uh, two teams brawl to start the match off. Uh, just, it was kind of a, okay, let's give the, the good guys an advantage. So, fine. No. Nothing wrong here, but it was kind of predictable. It, it was a little campy. Uh, Styles propelled Morgan through the air to land. Uh, nicer run on Ripley. Uh, then the heels kind of beat on Morgan and Finn Balor. They distract him, get the upper hand. Uh, anytime the momentum would slip away, Styles with an amazing Pele, or excuse me, Balor finally got him a chance to get the tag after a big Pele kick. Crowd really kind of roared to life when Styles tags in. So you can see that Styles still has the momentum of the fans on his side, even though he loses fucking constantly, which is just ridiculous at this point. Um, he gets uh, he gets a bunch of his signature moves in, hits slams on Edge and Priest. Morgan takes out Ripley. Uh, Styles finally clocks Edge with a phenomenal forearm. Big pop there. He has not been able to hit that since before Mania. That's in April. It's now June. 
Uh, Priest does say that he he was able to drag Styles underneath the ropes to break the pin. So at that point, you knew what was going to happen. Uh, Morgan and Ripley got in. Morgan outpaced Ripley, but the strength won because she's so much bigger and stronger. It's a beautiful suplex. It was gorgeous display of power. Loved that. Uh, got another six-person brawl at that point, and then it kind of concludes with Balor, Morgan, and Styles diving out of the opponents on the outside. Uh, Balor counters Edge's spear, had him laid out for the fight ending Coupe de Gras, but Ripley stood between, prevented it just long enough for uh, Edge to crush Balor with a spear, gets the one, two, three. Pretty solid match, given the fact that it was a six-person tag clusterfuck with men and women. So honestly, this could have been a lot damn worse, but I was shocked. This... This held this held my imagination long enough that I wasn't mad about it. You know, I expected AJ to walk away with another loss, but at least this time he didn't have to eat the pin. That's really all I can say about it at this point. So pretty damn decent match, given the circumstances. I'll give it 3.25. You know, at this point, AJ's just there to put people over unless, good God, please put him in money in the bank. And good if he won the money in the bank briefcase, I would just, I would lose my shit. That's going to be a tough one to call when we do get the money in the bank, because there's a lot of people, AJ especially, that really could use the briefcase and a, a signature win like that, especially coming off of three straight major losses like this, Hell in a Cell, Backlash, and Mania. So, I don't know. It's, it is what it is. Balor's, Balor's been playing that role for a long time, too. And the crowd likes Liv, but she's probably never going to be a major player. So this wasn't out of the realm of expectations here. Yeah, Judgment Day. Where do they go from here? I don't. I don't really know. I got to assume Edge would be figured into the world title picture too. And you've got two on Reigns. And if they do end the brand split, then I'm assuming they'll combine the belts. But if they don't, he's got to be a major player for the WWE title if that remains on Raw. I don't know. There's a lot of ways they could go with this. Just wish they were better at storytelling in WWE. It's taught me if you heard that before. Ah, beautiful bourbon. Moving right along after a pretty decent match. Uh, surprisingly, you know, another not terrible match. Another one I didn't give a shit about, Corbin and Moss. But they kind of got me. They finally, they, they kind of captivated me early and I... I stayed with this one. I was surprised. I didn't expect to give a shit about this once it got going, but they, they won me over. Uh, no love loss here. You know, the go home saw Moss almost kill Corbin. So it was, it was going to be a matter of, can he, can he cap this off? No pun intended. Or is Corbin going to get the upper hand? So uh, immediately goes the outside, plants Moss with a choke slam on the ring apron uh, Corbin provokes the crowd. He's so good at this. Had Chicago hating on him. I loved this. Beats the shit out of Moss with a steel chair. Uh, drills him in the back of the neck with the chair. That was kind of nice. Takes advantage of the injured neck, obviously, the, with the, the guillotine chair. Uh, grabs another one. Digs it into his throat. That was nice. More chance asshole from the crowd. Love that. Like him or hate him, Corbin does know how to take over an audience like he's he's good at emoting to the audience and getting a reaction from them so whether you're a fan of his matches or not 
you can't deny this. Uh, Moss ducks out of the way as Corbin tries to, he, he does his patented slides out of the ring, slides back in. They kind of whipped around and Corbin eventually face plants into a chair that they had wedged in the turnbuckle. Really good spot. Glassed over look on his face. Another, another thing he's really good at facial emoting. Uh, loved that. They wanted tables, but, uh, they had to settle for a chair because he got his payback, Moss did, with repeated chair sots. A couple of those were really nasty. The first one really was because Corbin shifted to try to take it with the shoulder. But that last one to the back legitimately bet the chair. Then uh, DDT onto the chair from Moss to Corbin. Uh, Cole, oh, it probably hurt Moss's back, too. <laughs> Thank you, Michael Cole. You're amazing. Uh, yeah, so then he uh, ringside we get again out to the ringside. Corbin wraps the chair around Moss's neck. This was brutal. Guillotine into the uh, announce table. That looked really, really good. I thought that might be it. Maybe they're going to go for a table spot on the announce table, but they did get the the seal steps, leaned him into the corner. Moss gets advantage and gets the, the crossbody overhead slam press onto the steps. Could have gone really badly, but uh, Moss is a strong guy. Corbin's a big dude, but he had just enough power to throw him over his head into the steps. Then he wraps the chair around Corbin's neck and drops the steps onto the chair. And yeah, you would think that would shatter somebody's collarbone. They should go with that in storyline. Corbin should take some time off and wear a neck brace. Uh, Moss gets the one, two, three. I, uh, yep, this is where things went badly for me. At this point, prediction-wise, <laughs> former champ having some serious technical issues. No problem. I'm giving the recap as it is, so it's a it's all right. I got you covered, man. So yeah, another decent fucking match. I can't complain about it. Um, I'll be honest. This one was way better than I thought. I'll give it three point two five because I had zero expectations. I didn't care. I wanted to hate it. I couldn't hate it. Honestly, this is a this is a pretty decent no holds barred match. Again, like him or not, Corbin is a solid opponent. This was this was him giving Moss a really legitimate badass look rub. I'm assuming Moss is one of those guys that they'll put in the money in the bank match. He's not going to win it, but he's going to be a, a player in it, I would assume. Yeah, another damn decent match. Stop me if you heard this, another 3 plus star match. Go figure. Been telling you guys this all year. WWE's delivering on the pay-per-view matches, even when the build fucking sucks. Another one I really freaking liked, but I told you this would be match of the night, and guess what? It was. Cheers. Mm. It's, it's a Maker's Mark store pick, for those of you wondering. Beautiful. United States Championship. Austin Theory defending against Mustafa Ali. Chicago loved Ali, even though he's been portrayed as a pile of shit heel in the past whatever didn't matter it's hometown immediate disadvantage because Vince McMahon really loves making you lose in your hometown and that was uh that was going to be something he had to fight this whole time so Ali's so good in the ring um he just even as a grappler he was out grappling theory early on theory finally gets control with some strikes and some slams and the audience was just all over him 
beautiful, beautiful crowd reaction. Uh, they show off their athleticism. Ollie doing backflips off the top rope and lands a super kick on an airborne theory. They were a little too close and he couldn't, he had to sell the leg that he was kicking off of. So it wasn't perfect, but they still managed to hit the spot. But a theory probably came further off the turnbuckle than all he was expecting. So he's a little closer than he needed to be, but still it, it was beautiful. Uh, champion leps up lands a sitting springboard, a Spanish fly. I say it again, a sitting springboard, Spanish fly. This looked like it was going to cripple him. This was so seamless, so flawless, and just so razor thin. The way he lazadaisically bounced his ass off the top rope, spun over like, with inches to spare, his head hitting the, the mat. It was beautiful. I literally went, holy shit, that, that bumped it up for me. That spot right there. Uh, then a beautiful tornado DDT from Ollie to Theory. And then... Crowd really pops up. Uh, Ali counters Theory's finisher. Locked in a great STF. Looked like he could tap. They played it just right. Tilt-a-whirl uh, DDT by Ali. 450 splash. Crowd's flirking, losing their mind at this point. Uh, Theory dodges an aerial move, and he lands his finisher. Clean win over the challenger. Austin Theory does retain. But my God, this was a great match. Uh Chicken wasn't nearly as impressed with it as I was, but I, I had pretty high expectations coming into this. And I, at one point, I'm like, okay, it's not going to be as good as I expected. But no, once once they started hitting the top rope stuff, uh, the, the super kick, the Spanish fly, the 450, yeah, I'm like, okay, no, this was so freaking good. So freaking good. I gave it four. I marked out. I don't even care. It was so damn good. Good night. Uh, three and a half. <laughs> Ollie sold the shit out of several spots. Yeah, exactly. I I thought he did great. I really did. Uh, from Brazil. Don't have a link to see Cody and Rollins. Uh, can you help me if I link or stream? So you should be able, honestly, if you jump over on Reddit, they probably still got some links for uh, the replay. Check out Reddit and just go for uh, Cody Rhodes versus Seth Rollins Hell in a Cell. I guarantee they're going to have some links over there. And you might even check YouTube at this point because it's it's been long enough since it went off the air. Yeah, it's it's probably up on YouTube or Reddit. No, four stars. He agrees. Okay, thank you. I agree. Awesome. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do with Theory. And again, I think this is kind of that pay-per-view where everybody who went over is probably going to be looking at possibly being in the money in the bank match. I don't know how many people are going to be in that one, but I could see, I could see like an AJ even in defeat. I could see theory in this. I could see Lashley in it. Uh, I could see Moss in this. So yeah, I, I think this kind of sets up money in the bank really well. I'm, I'm hoping to see theory in it. Cause I think he'd really shine in that. Hell, all he'd look really good in that match as well, but I think Theory's the one get that needs to push. They need to stay with the trajectory because he's he's so good right now. He can do no wrong in my eyes right now. So good. So much potential. And that does bring us to the main event. Um, I'm of a couple minds on this one, folks. So as we mentioned on the pre-show, it was reported like an hour or two before showtime that Cody tours Peck like the muscle right off of the fucking bone while lifting weights. 
Uh, we kind of speculated a bit whether this was true or not. So Seth comes to the ring wearing a robe, doing his Seth gimmick, takes the robe back, and he's wearing the yellow and black polka dots of Dusty Rhodes' WWE run. It was so damn perfect. Rollins is so good. Even though he's completely ridiculous, unbelievable, psychopath, drug addict, insane mentality, like, and there's no consistency, he's so good. He's so good when he needs to be, and he was so good here. I loved it. It made me laugh. Cody comes out. All business. Wearing the Cody pageantry robe. Whole way to the ring. Gets in the ring. They get the cell down. He's still wearing it. He takes the robe off. And then you see the peck and the shoulder and the arm. And it's just purple. Folks, I'll say this. If this is a legitimate pectoral tear, then, oh my God, Cody is a freaking warrior. If this is a minor injury and they doctored this up, still pretty badass to go through with the match because uh, they didn't really shy away from this spot. Like, I'm thinking this had to be a minor injury that they played up and doctored him up to look incredibly hurt because, holy crap, like, he, he was purple. He was a purple people eater on the chest. Holy crap. Jagan said, felt like this match was scripted by Cody. And you would be correct. You would be so correct, Chicken. Oh, my God. That's why I'm of two minds on this match. So, right out of the gate, Cody's playing ginger with the shoulder. Doesn't want to get too invested with it. But then out of nowhere, hits a Cody cutter. Hmm. Okay. Chicken, there were some AEW vibes. Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm alluding to here. So this thing goes a while, shockingly. So he can't possibly be as hurt or he is. And he's just like, screw it. I'm going to go out and I'll take some time off after this. And I'll I'll, uh, I'll ice the hell out of it and suffer for about a month. So they, uh, yeah, they they do some spots they, where Seth starts attacking the chest and the arm. And Cody's playing this off like, He's about to keel over. Honestly, at this point, I'm I'm feeling bad for Cody if it's legitimate, but because it, it looked terrible. Again, it, go go Google this if you haven't seen it yet. Go Google it because it looked absolutely fucking brutal. I can't imagine the amount of pain he'd have to be in. So uh, he bounces off the rope or off the ring apron, and he hits the. Uh, he runs into the cell, so they're kind of out there for now. Uh, I had some notes here, sorry. Um, Rollins, <laughs> this is great. Rollins puts on the fucking Cody jacket, and the, the crowd at this point kind of turns on him a bit because he grabs the weight belt and legitimately whips Cody in the fucking peck with the weight belt. And the crowd is starting to eat out of the palm of Rollins' hands. And then he gets a table out. And then they start chanting, thank you, Rollins. At this point, I'm like, oh, shit, they've turned on Cody. Cody better realize that. Because if he doesn't realize that they're kind of turning on him at this point, and he starts doing his typical I'm-up-my-own-ass Cody routine, there might not be any coming back from that. Uh, Chicken, I've seen people with that bruising, usually from a broken arm. I don't think his arm is broke. 
hard fall hairline fracture can do that probably still hard. yeah oh absolutely i agree i i think it's probably not uh the muscles torn off the bone like they tried to say because there's no way he could have done half the shit that he did but really bad bruising and they probably doctored it up so even if he's even if he's a little bit hurt it's still pretty uh heroic effort on his part so rollins launches off the ropes hopes landing a frog splash Rhodes gets off the table rollins goes through the table himself go figure uh Rhodes drags a bull rope out and cheers this is where I uh, I started to lose my shit because this did not need... It's a fucking Hell in a Cell match. Okay? You don't need a bull rope. You don't need a stipulation within a stipulation. This is what I've criticized Cody Rhodes over ever since AEW launched. Go back and listen if you have to. I have been a very harsh critic of Cody Rhodes. WWE, since he's come back, he's been on point because this style of sports entertainment fits him very very well but once he overbooks his matches he gets too many people involved he adds too many stipulations he adds too many caveats this is already a hell in a cell match this is already the third match and he's adding a new stipulation in the middle of a hell in a cell and turning it into a bull rope match just because go back and watch his aew run how many stipulation matches did he have that happened in the 70s or 80s just because they happened in the 70s or 80s? And that's what he does. I, it's just too much for me sometimes. We needed more cowbell. Yes, yes, we did. And we got it. Boy, did we get it. So he, he gets the bull rope out, ties it on himself, provokes Rollins. Rollins puts it on himself. So you get the more dusty rub. Uh, he racks Rollins. That got a little bit of a pop. And then he hits uh, Rollins with the cowbell. Good ding there. Hits, uh, hits his finishing move, but he's he's in too much pain now. He can't put away Rollins. So then Seth uh, tosses Rhodes through the table after he can't counter Rollins' attempt. So this was a big power bomb, buckle bomb through the table, but somehow injured Cody manages to kick out on his injured side. Hmm. So at this point, uh, they had to pipe in, this is awesome, because the crowd wasn't actually cheering it. Uh, Rhodes almost defeats Rollins with the pedigree after Rollins tries to use it, but counter, hits his own, doesn't quite do it. So this is a nod to Triple H, because we have to have those with Cody and Seth matches now. Rollins hits a big curb stomp. This should have been the fucking end, in my opinion. Holy shit. Nope. Can't do it. I told Chicken, I'm like, look, he's hurt. It's the third match. If he's hurt this bad and they're showing it this much, he can come so close, but come up just short. And I think the crowd would respect him more. Then he kicks out of the curb stop. I'm like, son of a bitch. Not only is he going to play the underdog injured caveat uh, bull rope inside of a hell in a cell, and now he's going to go and win this fucking match. So then he uh, returns with a lot of fire. They get a sledgehammer out. Uh, they try to they, they trade that back and forth. Rhodes gets two crossroads back to back. Goes for a third. Nah, fuck that. Gets the sledgehammer. Blasts Rollins with the sledgehammer. One, two, three. All right. So I'm just at this point. I I, I said to Chicken, I'm like. He needs to lose this match to save face. Like, he's going to have more crowd support at this point if he comes up just short. 
if he comes up just short, he's still going to own the series two to one. And he'll have came out and trudged through a bad looking injury, but he comes up just short. And Rollins still somehow manages to need to cheat to win, right? And use a, a sledgehammer or a chair or something like that. Or he makes him tap out by an arm bar on his torn pectoral muscle, right? I think the crowd would have appreciated that more. I think they would have felt more sympathy for him. But now you've got a guy who came at, back from AEW with initial support, but now he's beaten the homegrown Seth Rollins, really, three straight. And not only did he beat him three straight, but in the third and final match, he comes in basically looking on death's door. And not only that, but manages to have like a 30-minute Hell in a Cell match, a kick out of multiple finishers and spots that would kill a, a normal person via shock because of the pain, but he still somehow manages to win the match. So I enjoyed this. I would have enjoyed this more if there wasn't an injury angle, but that's the problem. There wasn't, a, it wasn't an angle. He's legitimately injured, but it can't be as severe as they're showing it is. I think they doctored up the bruising a little bit. He had the bruise. He had the minor injury, but they doctored it up because Cody probably thought that'd get him more sympathy. No, where you get sympathy is if you come up just short and rebound. If you if you never falter, if you never fail, you're going to look too perfect, and the crowd can't relate to that. What, what Cody Rhodes has never understood about why Dusty Rhodes, his father, worked was because Dusty looked like an everyman. Dusty related to the crowd. He felt like a blue-collar Joe Schmo, but a badass dude who fought for everybody. He fought for the crowd. Cody, Cody's biggest fan is Cody. Cody's so far Cody up Cody's own ass that he can't get out of his own way. And the worst qualities of his AEW run shone through so much here. There was so much I liked about this, but so much of that old Cody that came through that it really distracted me to the point where I'm like, damn it. If he would have just let himself, hell, he could have called an audible and said, fuck it, let me lose this one. You'd get more crowd support. The crowd would still be way behind you if you came up short here and you came out and said, oh, man, I, I am hurt. I shouldn't have done this match. I just, I hope I'm not on the shelf too long because I, I still want to come after that title. I still want to come after that belt. I really wanted to be in the Money in the Bank match. And then you fight and claw to rehab and come back. And you stay on TV a little bit, but you're not in matches. Less is more. Less is more. You build back and somehow you find yourself cleared at the last second to get into that Money in the Bank match. Because now he's won three straight. And it's seamless. He can beat one of the best in WWE former world and universal champion, while injured. So I get that that's where they're going. I get that they want to eventually probably put the belt on him. But he's not going to be as beloved as he would have been had he related to the crowd like his dad used to do, which he seems to fail at understanding even now when it's staring him right in the face. Right in the face. He could have lost this and came out looking stronger. But that's something Cody Rhodes will probably never understand. And it's a damn shame. So I liked the match enough. Honestly, uh, hurt to the extent that they're saying or not. Just a minor injury. Doesn't matter. Uh, he battled through this one uh, with an injury. And it was 
it had to be fucking brutal in a lot of these spots. The belt, the the suplexes, the crossroads, and offense, defense doesn't matter. Uh, I'll, I'll give Cody Rhodes all the credit in the world for you know doing this match with any type of inter- injury. So uh, I'll give it three and a half. Uh, this wasn't like a classic Hell in a Cell, but they definitely did enough to warrant the trilogy. And these guys have a great chemistry, and I really like watching these guys go. I gave it three and a half, even though I think the wrong guy fucking won here. And I think they'll, I, I hope someday Cody realizes that. I really do. Chicken says two and a half. Uh, he was not nearly as impressed. Um, honestly, I yeah, I get it. Totally get it. Uh, Cody should build back better. He should. Cody should take an L. Cody should take an L so he can appeal to the crowd. That's what I'm saying. Honestly, folks, like, if you look at Cody Rhodes and you look at, like, Dustin Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes understands what it means to appeal to a crowd. You can emote to a crowd. Because Dustin Rhodes, when he emotes, when he when he sells, the crowd feels it, and it feels and looks legitimate. When Cody Rhodes sells, the crowd doesn't feel it because it's acting. He's, he's doing his thespian work. It's a stage performance. He's acting. He's taking acting classes. And that that's something that he that's a bad habit he picked up in AEW because when AEW launched, he had the full crowd support. He could do no wrong. But it's they started to turn on him. And then when he got the neck tattoo, that was like, okay, fuck this. This guy, this guy is too big of a mark for himself. And he never got out of his own way on that, even towards the end. He kept doing stuff he didn't need to do, and he kept overbooking his matches and like the brandy lighting the table on fire like god it's just so much shit that didn't need to happen i'm like okay he's gonna go to wwe he's gonna be a solo act no brandy no stable no arn no nothing it's just cody that was working and then they let him overbook this hell in a cell match and it didn't need to be they could have hidden the injury hell if it was a small injury and the bruising was even almost as bad as that they could have taped it up not even mentioned it and this match would have worked better that way if he had to go over. But what would have worked best? Same bruising, same look. He fights that entire damn match. Hurt, coming just short. Rollins hits a curb stomp when he tries to go for the sledgehammer. One, two, three, Seth Rollins gets a win. And maybe then they can both be slotted in eventually into the money in the bank. This gives Seth that spot. Cody has to fight tooth and nail politic backstage, do whatever it takes. And right at the last minute, he gets a slot into money in the bank. And then they clash one more time in a multi-man money in the bank match. That folks, that would have been beautiful. But instead now Cody looks like he can't be killed with the howitzer. So less is more booking one oh one, folks. Less is more. A lot of the time you will get so much more support from the crowd. You got to have a little bit of believability. And this was beyond the realm of believability because a guy with the meat torn off of his skeleton isn't winning a fucking hell in a cell match. Sorry, not sorry. And then what sealed the fate for me not winning the gold tonight was I hoped, I prayed, I gave Phil the first shot at it uh, to pick whether or not the Fiend would show up. He said no Fiend. I didn't think the Fiend was going to show up either. Copyright hit, no Fiend. But I didn't have a choice at that point. So that was hell in a cell. Overall, Four-star match. These are my ratings. Dave Meltzer, you can cut these fucking ratings in half, and maybe he'll that'll be close. Uh, had a four-star match, three-star, 3.25, 3.5, 2.5, 3.25, and 3.5. Solid card. 
solid card all the way across. I thought this was really well done, even though the build sucked. And guess what? Uh, the build for Money in the Bank is going to be utter dog shit. Watch. The way that they get all the entrance in. You got to assume you got uh, you're going to have Cody. I'm hoping for a theory. That'd be great. Cody, theory, maybe AJ, maybe Priest, uh, maybe Lashley. Yeah, I, I think this is actually shaping up to be a really good Money in the Bank match, and I'm hoping it's a, I'm hoping that it's a traditional Money in the Bank match, and we don't do any hocus pocus uh, cinematography bullshit. So, looking forward to that. And yeah, they had to move the venue uh, from the big arena in Vegas to a smaller one, but. I don't know what the fuck they were thinking to begin with in that one. Uh, yes, congratulations, Phil KOE. Sorry you couldn't be with us tonight. Had some personal shit going on. Not a big deal. Just know that uh, we're all here thinking of you. Glad everything's working out. Everything's looking up, Phil, because Phil, the king of extreme, Phil KOE, is your new RWP, undisputed, reigning defending champion. And folks, since you didn't get to see Phil KOE here tonight, you know what you can do? Really, the only thing that you can do, and I, I beg of you, I plead of you, if you have not already, you need to go subscribe to the KOE Nation, your RWP champion, KOE Nation on YouTube, KOE Nation on Twitch, and KOE on TikTok. we got to get KOE Nation on TikTok up to 1,000 subscribers, because when he can go live on TikTok, folks, the world will never be the same. But that's all I've got for you guys tonight, unless anybody has any questions before I... Uh, before I sign this thing off, I think Money in the Bank's actually going to be, it could be their best show of the year. It could shape up that way. The Money in the Bank match alone, I just have a feeling it's going to be a classic. I really do. I'm really looking forward to that match alone. I'm I'm kind of excited to see what they're going to do with Bianca. I'm, I'm guessing her and Asuka are probably going to be the next uh, feud moving forward there. Sounds like you're going to have Natalia and Ronda. That could be decent. Um, Roman Reigns, I don't know if he's even there. That's really going to be the big story. Will the Undisputed World Universal Championship be on the line at Money in the Bank? I I don't know. Who's going to be the contender? Who are they going to get? Um, if Lashley's not in the Money in the Bank match, maybe Lashley? Could be. I don't know. McIntyre, he wasn't on tonight's show. He could be in the Money in the Bank match as well, too. A lot of ins and outs here. Um, the tag team titles look like uh, they're unified for now. Will the women's titles be unified soon? Hell, after Ronda beats Natalia, yeah, we might be looking at a Bianca Belair versus Ronda Rousey match to unify the belts. Honestly, I wouldn't hate that at all. Because it looks like they're gearing towards a, a brand unification again. Because the way that they've booked this one and kind of watered down, like COVID really hurt the trajectory of the WWE live TV shows. They've never really recovered from it. Stop me if you heard this, but yeah, the booking, the build for all the premium live events, it's usually not great. The show's three hours, two hours long, and there's 10% of it's really worth watching. And then again, the matches on the pay-per-views are great. So they don't feel like it's must-see TV, and that's a shame. I hope that changes. Hopefully, heading into Money in the Bank, everything's looking up. Everything's looking good. But uh, yeah. Make sure you like, share, and subscribe to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast because we will be back here at Money in the Bank and anything that happens in between. We've also got, what, AEW Forbidden Door coming up. Uh, unfortunately, CM Punk had to 
not relinquish the title, but they're making an interim title and Tony Khan's Adderall fueled fever dreams came up with some AEW title eliminator challenge series. Uh, eventually it's going to be Moxley and one of the new Japan guys probably as the interim champion. And then you'll get like Moxley versus punk when punk can come back uh, broken foot. Unfortunately, it's a damn shame. Uh, you finally get a big name rub besides Jericho on the belt. And this happens. It, it sucks, but you know, AEW, uh, the new Japan pay-per-view forbidden door kind of excited. Interested to see how they build that one up. Some of the matches might be a little confusing, but yeah, I think that's when that'll be a good one too. I think that's coming up uh, at the end of this month, and then we got we got money in the bank as well. So still got a lot of great stuff coming down the pike, folks. So you've got to make sure to like, share, subscribe to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast on YouTube, on Twitch, and Big Buck and Empire on Facebook, folks. One stop shop. For all your wrestling, premium live or pay-per-view, review, results, recaps. And I am your former 12-time champion, Tony fucking G. We will see you next time. I promise. If you don't like, share, subscribe, you're not going to be notified when we go live. But even if you're not, you just remember when the show kicks off, hey, where am I going to go for the best recap, the best predictions, the best review, the most honest takes that there are? Well, you're going to go here to the Revolutionary Wrestling Podcast. So be here, be square. I will see you next time.